for me, it's practical positivity, right? So for me, where this conversation goes is like, for a lot of people that could be sitting here and be like, oh, it's easy for you to say. Like, people go immediately to your current, right? And, you know, I just don't see it that way. I just, I really genuinely believe that it's a complete game of who you spend time with and what's pumping into your ears. And so that has led me down a path of really trying to have conversations with people around limiting time with negativity. And sometimes that's hard because a lot of times that might be your mother and father or your best friend for the last 30 years. But I've been fascinated by people changing just by changing who they spend time with and what they listen to. Yeah, and one of the things we were sharing today on the podcast is you mentioned you know, those people who might be those more negative forces. And you had some really pragmatic advice on how to handle, how, to, how do you handle those situations, you know? Yeah, I think people get crazy. They hear something like this, like, yeah, fuck it, I'm never talking to my mom again. And I think, <laughs> you know, that's not necessarily what I'm saying. I think there's, there is a process. Um, but, but I do think, we were talking about friends, and, and I do think a lot of times, you know, you sometimes wake up, especially in your kind of call it 17 to 34 year old world and you kind of look around you're like, fuck, you know, I'm looking for something a little bit different here and this group of friends is about this and that's fine and how do you like make that transition? I think some people get hyped off a one minute Gary Vee video and like try to like leave their friends behind I'm trying to context that with, I'm like, you don't need to go that serious. A, I think you should have that conversation with your friends about, hey, I'm like looking to mix this up and like, you know, hanging out all day and smoking weed and, and, and playing Fortnite's rad and all, but like 24-7, you know, I wanna mix it up. And so I think that, <laughs> so I, I think that first you have that conversation with your homies and say, look, I'm looking to do this. You know, a third of them are gonna be like, cool, me too, and they were just waiting for somebody to say something. And, and then another third, you might be able to commence over time through the process. And then another third might just been great friends for a certain part of your time. And it's okay to talk to them, you know, once every month or once every week instead of 15 times a day. And so I, I think people need to be thoughtful about that process. But I do think it is, you know, that, that saying is so real. Like, you gotta really look around who you're spending time with. It is unbelievable to me watching employees in my company spend time in certain divisions and then get transferred. I mean, if they get transferred to my team, it's a complete brain twist of work ethic and mindset and things of that nature. But even different teams with positive leaders, like, you can just see it. And I'm, um, I think you can talk all day long about like, hey, be happier or see it better. And then people walk out of a theater and you're like, how? And I think the biggest thing that is tangible to me is the fuck are you watching? Like, like, what do you, like, of course you're scared shitless if you're watching propaganda that you're gonna get killed every day. The news, you know? And so like, <laughs> like, so, you know, on the flip side though, I'm not talking about the secret, you know? I'm not talking about sitting on your fucking couch and being like, I'm gonna be a millionaire and boop, you know? <laughs> you gotta do shit out here. Um, I'm just really fucking curious to what people are consuming, how they're thinking, and who are they spending time with. And there is no coincidence that certain coaches 
in sports have tremendous programs, it's because it is a atmosphere within four walls and the players change, but the results do not as much. Obviously there's variables and I do think that's mindset and structure and, and the general theme and I'll be honest with you, negativity is way too loud and positivity is way too quiet. And so if you're sitting in a theater tonight and you're also happy, fucking share that point of view because the ones that are unhappy are sharing at scale. And, and I apologize, and, if you, and I appreciate that. And if you ask me, you know, and I'm not sure if this is, you know, rewriting history, but intuitively, I do believe the reason that I've gotten dramatically louder in the last three years, four years, five years, is I feel a sense of responsibility as somebody who genuinely is happy to share that. And, and I, I do think it's a responsibility, you know? And so I'm on that kick, and I'd like you to join me. Yep. And one of the things that people might mistake when they, when they perceive you, they might think like, well, you're always working, you're always doing something. But the beauty of what you're doing is you love what you're fucking doing. Like, you really love it. Like, if you're, it's like you're playing poker, and if you're only playing poker for the pot, you're probably going to have a shitty life. But if you love playing poker, if you love that feeling when you turn those whole cards over, and you love that feeling when everything's there, then you're probably going to enjoy yourself. Especially if we, when you turn those cards over, you're fired up when it's 3-7 offsuit, right? Yeah. Like, to me, you have to love your game even when it's not going your way. <laughs> and I think the thing that I've come and realized about myself is, wow, when, it was, when I was seven and it snowed and everybody went to go make a snowman, like, I genuinely wanted to go get a shovel, ring people's doorbells, and make six bucks shoveling something. Like, that was fun for me. And it wasn't about the money, you know? It just really genuinely wasn't. I mean, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, my hobbies are side businesses, like the K-Swiss collab, Empathy Wines, like this sports card kick that I'm about to get on. These are, <laughs> these are, my, these are, these are my skiing, these are my golfing, these are my burning man. Like, I don't, you know? Yeah. So like, so that's, and, and, and so when I, you know, I made a video the other day and I was like, you know, kind of was asking the audience, like, why do you want to go to Coachella? And people got mad at me. They're like, Gary, what the fuck? Like, relax. Like, <laughs> and, and I wasn't judging Coachella or you going. I was just asking a simple question. Why are you going? Are you going hard and you need four days to completely let loose? That makes a ton of sense. But if you're going to keeping up with the Joneses, if you're maxing your credit card out just to go to parties, if your self-esteem is wrapped up into the access passes that you have, that's going to not work out. And we need to start asking ourselves, you know, how much of our behavior is predicated on other people's judgment? And I believe it's a lot. And they said, like, if I really wanted to do my own thing, they want me to go to college and at the same time work on my plan. Okay. And at the same time also want me to help them with their business. And I said, I couldn't do that. So what would be, like, advice you would give, like, us? You, you should go do your own thing. But, like, my surrounding, they just, like, so forcing me to do what they want me to do instead of giving but, me But they're not in charge. They're only in charge if you're using their home and their money. Okay, and plus my mom, she was like, she said that I am disappointed because of my choice. Of course, because she's using psychological pressure 
for you to do what she wants. Mm -hmm. The only thing you have to figure out is if they have any leverage. The only leverage they have is money, shelter, and psychological warfare. <laughs> yes, I'm living with them, so yeah. What's that? I'm living with them, so. Well, if you're gonna wanna go do your own thing, you're gonna have to move. <laughs> and you're not gonna have to, you get, like, here's my big thing with kids. Like, as you can tell, I'm very pro you. But if you're gonna go do this thing that's disappointing them, then you can't take from them either because then you're being spoiled. So if you feel so passionate about this thing that you wanna go do, go do it. But don't expect them to support it because they don't believe in it. Yes, they don't believe in it. So yeah. go stick it in their face. <laughs> right? Um, let, let me tell you one thing about parents, and this is very common. They may be upset now, but if you go and pull this off, they will not be disappointed. And more importantly, if you go and try this, deep down one day, they'll tell you secretly that they're not disappointed. What advice do you have for someone who's graduating college and forgoing a job to start a business? To do that. <laughs> but, but what do you, what, what's like, give me more specific, like try to win, like, you know, like, what, what do you mean specific, what's the most pressing question in that, in that? Money. How do you get, raise it, how do you? Like, to provide your, if I'm moving out, I'm not gonna have a job to have income, so I gotta live some way and start a live business. Live shitty. Like, and, get a, and get a side job, like work six hours a day at like 7-Eleven, and like live the life of somebody who makes $9.50 an hour. The, the biggest thing that your generation has contextually lost is in 1974 people did this. What they did was they worked a job and then they worked on their business at night. Like everybody wants to build a business but nobody wants to bleed to build a business. Like my, my, my advice is to bleed. <laughs>